Welcome to the Empowering Industry Podcast, a production from Empowering Pumps and Equipment as the voice of the pump and related equipment industry. Welcome to the Empowering Industry Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Matthews. Super excited to be here. I've been on the road traveling to different trade shows. So I've got this one week at home doing a lot of podcast recordings, which is great. And then uh, we go off again, several trade shows. Epic is coming up. So the Empowering Pumps and Industry Conference, that's going to be at the Water Tower on November 8th and 9th. So really excited for that bringing the industry together. And one of the people that I always get to see when I'm going to trade shows is Mark Conley. Thank you for being here. Uh, rock star that you are. Uh, we love the Chesterton company and just tell us a little bit about you, Mark. Sure. Well, first of all, thank you for having me, Charlie. It's, you know, I saw you a few weeks ago at WEFTEC and uh, it's great to be on this podcast with you. So as you said, my name is Mark Connolly. I got into the industry back. Well, I started with mechanical engineering at Clemson university and, um, from there, you know, what I thought of engineering was more on the design side, but I did some projects that actually got me some exposure into the manufacturing side of things. So that really piqued my interest. And um, I, saw that, that. I saw that you, you kind of had like a process engineering side too. Yeah. You're talking about. Yeah. So one of the, uh, it was actually my senior capstone design project. I worked with the BMW plant in Greenville, South Carolina. I've they, seen that plant because we yeah, the manufacturer. up there the X5s and the X3 BMWs. So uh, we were helping design some new tooling for some of their new robotic arms they were getting in. And uh, just seeing that plan, like you said, it's really cool. Doing some of the hands-on work, seeing how stuff is made, it piqued my interest in manufacturing. So from there, um, I did a few internships um, in the summers, working with different manufacturing companies back in Connecticut, which is where I'm from originally. And then my first job out of college was with a, a bearing manufacturing company in Connecticut as a manufacturing slash process engineer, where the focus was on design, new, you know, you know, new product coming out, whether new equipment needed to be designed, and then implementing the new processes, as well as for existing processes, trying to focus on quality improvement. And uh, just defining the procedure and then optimizing the process. Yeah, that's what I was thinking when you said that. I was thinking reliability for some reason. So yeah. make, part of that design is making sure that it will sustain itself, right? Absolutely. And, you know, that manufacturing engineering background, I then came to Chesterton on the manufacturing slash process engineering side, which I did for a few years and I eventually transitioned into product management. But it was a pretty natural connection there because... A lot of our products, they're focused on reliability and efficiency gains and quality improvements. So, you know, going from the, the back end side on manufacturing, looking at processes and how can we improve the quality output of these processes and how can we improve the efficiency? I kind of have that almost a customer's viewpoint. So now that I know our products, I can see the value that we provide to customers by improving their uptime or, you know, helping ensure they have a good quality product. So it really- Is that a natural, is that a natural fit? Like from going from engineering into project management, is that a normal path? Um, I would say the engineering side can help give you a technical understanding of products. Um, it is two different, you know, especially from the manufacturing engineering side, I had never been in a customer facing role. I had never 
you know, seeing the industrial applications. So there was definitely a learning curve um, as well as just understanding the product development flow and, you know, doing finance, exposure to financial analysis and sales. So it's, it's different, but, you know, it certainly is a good, um, it's a good path to follow because you have a good foundation if you understand a lot of engineering and manufacturing. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense and and how that would be a good growth area to be in uh, within a company because kind of we've talked about this before with kind of that C-suite knowledge, um, you do have to understand the financials and and really all the other pieces as far as marketing and sales um, alongside that engineering know-how. Well, that's the best case scenario, right? Right, absolutely. Okay, so what made you want to be an engineer? So I just, I'm super curious how you got into, I kind of understand like from graduation, but do you have anybody in your life or anything like why engineering? Yeah, that's a great question. So when I was in high school and starting to think about college, you know, I, a huge impact on where I wanted to go to school was what program do I want to be in? What was my major going to be? So I can find a school that's good for that major. And I originally told my parents I wanted to be, do psychology. Because uh, it always interested me just having just interpersonal relationships and how minds work and things like that. And my father told me, if you want to do psychology, that's great, but just get an engineering degree first and then do whatever you want. So he, his background is engineering. You know, he was a, a mechanical engineer and then he got a master's in metallurgy. He worked as a consult, you know, as an engineer for the Navy for a while. Then he got into um, consulting for manufacturing. So, you know, based on his success, he focused, really encouraged myself and my brother to do engineering. So I was like, all right, I can, I can get into this. Um, yeah. Well, first, thank you for its service. And then thank you for, you know, pushing you in this direction. So we get to know, know you. And I think that's natural. I have that kind of same with my mom who was like, well, you ain't going to make any money in that. You should do this, you know, and, and you lead down finance. And we're like, well, okay. Uh, yeah. So there's always something like that, but I think you definitely have to read people and understand behaviors uh, in what you're doing now. Oh, absolutely. And I think, you know, across all jobs, I think interpersonal relationships are just essential. You know, you need to be a likable person and you need to foster mutual respect really with any type of job. If you want people to help work with you or understand what you're doing, or you need to do things for people, you need to have good, be able to have good relations and be able to be communicative and respectful. So hundred uh, percent. Well, we hope that we can continue to help leaders have better skills like that. And, you know, it, it is important. And when we're really trying to get ideas across innovative, you know, thinking and, and that kind of thing, you got to have it both sides. I love that word respect for both because uh, a lot of the times we are thinking about it differently. So being able to actually listen, uh, I love that. Yeah, I actually have a pretty good story from um, early on. My first job was at, a, like I mentioned, a bearing manufacturing facility for the aerospace industry. And here I am. I didn't know anything about bearings really. You know, in engineering school, you learn about a lot of like the, the principles, like physics and stuff. You don't learn specific equipment or specific products. So I'm 22 years old uh, and they, they give me like a, a certain product cell where we're making this specific product line and there's this two different operators there, the machinists. And I'd be like, yeah, you know, my boss tells me, go over there, we're making these stuff and see how, see how we can try to automate some of this because uh, the equipment's pretty old and we're having, we need to increase our output. 
So they're like, just observe this guy that's working, try to learn stuff and then try to get something done. So I go out there and the first day, the guy wouldn't even, a uh, machinist wouldn't even look at me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm wearing my like polo and like my, my brand new jeans and everything. And he just wouldn't even look at me. And I'm like, to him, I was just this kid that was there to try to tell him what to do. And, you know, over time, I got to know him a little more. He got to know me. I, I learned from him. I you know, encouraged him to know that I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm here to work with you. And based on your feedback, use what I know about machine design or fixtures or efficiency to combine our knowledge to help us both. And that, you know, it was about probably like a six month project. But over that time, by the end of it, you know, we developed a mutual respect. It wasn't me coming in saying, this is what you have to do. I, you know, I was humble enough to realize I don't know anything. And he caught on to that and helped me and I helped him. And it was just that experience uh, really helped me just, I, I still think about that anytime I'm working with anyone in any role, it, it just learning. Yeah, and, and as a young professional coming in, it takes time. So I love that you gave that example. You know, it was a project that took a little work, you know, somebody's not just going to trust you straight off the bat. Like you have to build that. Um, and so I'm, I'm sure that it is a different level for everyone, but to just go in it with that in mind that, you know, building relationships do take time. And I love the other part about how, you know, he had to know like that you were in it for him as well. So that that's great. Yeah. And, and to be able to take that along the ride, you know, and have that experience and story, it, it was meaningful to you as a young professional. So everybody, you know, who I guess is in that place where they can mentor somebody else, it does make an impact on them straight. You know, I think about the coaches in my life, I uh, played basketball and, and uh, I still remember that, you know, seventh grade coach or whatever, like <laughs> they make an impact. Absolutely. Uh, okay. So Mark, you are at Chesterton, A.W. Chesterton for y'all that um, aren't familiar, um, fluid sealing products, all kinds of amazing uh, technologies. What are you currently working on there? Yeah. So currently, well, first of all, this upcoming year, 2024, will be our 140th anniversary as a company. Fun. So established in 1884 in Boston, Massachusetts, headquartered up in Grover, Massachusetts now, but we're really looking forward to... Uh, celebrating that 140 years. But yeah, in terms of new products, so what I'm a product manager focusing on mechanical packing and gaskets specifically, but we have a new technology that we've been promoting called AMPS AMPS. It's the automated mechanical packing system. And it's a fairly simple principle, but it really changes how packing works, the world of packing. Uh, Because For anyone not too familiar with mechanical packing, um, you need to apply a load to it for it to be able to seal a fluid. But over time, the packing, usually that that load is applied through bolts. So you're tightening bolts to put a load on the packing and it's sealing a fluid, to put it simply. But over time, uh, as the packing compresses or consolidates and some of the, it loses some volume. So you start to lose that load. And as you lose that load, you lose your sealing capability. And that means you either have to go and retighten the bolts or, you know, if it's a safety issue where you can't retighten it while the equipment is running, you just have to deal with the leakage in some other way. So this AMPS product, what it does is it's an air powered load. So instead of relying on the torque in the bolts, 
you're just turning a regulator to power this air cylinder that maintains a constant load on your packing. So even as the packing wears, consolidates, compresses, the cylinders are going to expand and maintain that constant load. And if you do end up needing to make any adjustments to it, you can just turn the regulator up, increase the pressure a little bit without having to actually touch the equipment. So it's, it's an uh, improvement in performance, reliability, and safety. So yeah. we're, really, we're really excited about it. Yeah, I got to see a little bit of that at TPS. And um, you don't have to be right there. It's not like you're adjusting the bolts like before, right? You don't have to be right there with the equipment, uh, which is great for our workers. And how does that relate back to kind of the control room or what does it do to tell you that it's time for this packing to be? Yeah. So right now it's really just, um, it doesn't have a feedback to the control room. You're really just looking at your equipment. If you know, anytime you would do a a walkthrough or if, if you see it leak, you can adjust it. But it really, once you do your initial setup, it's going to maintain that load. So it's not going to be the same as with bolts where you had to go and adjust it. It's going to maintain it. So once you have it set, it really should be um, pretty constant and not need any touching. Okay, wonderful. The less maintenance, uh, the better. (laughs) Right. Yeah. So last week, yeah, just last week, I was down in Shreveport, Louisiana at a paper mill installing one of these on a big, uh, large hydro pulper piece of equipment. Basically it's, if they find any defects in the rolls of paper, they dump all that paper back into this big, think of it as like a massive blender. Um, and there's these two huge blades spinning. And so it's, it's in hot water. It's like pulpy paper, which is actually very abrasive. So to access the, it was a vertical entry. So you had to go underneath it where there's a gearbox and and spinning these huge blades. So to get under there, it was only like four foot high ceiling down there. It's like down in this pit where there's like oily water with paper. So their maintenance staff, one, it was a safety concern to even go down there while the equipment was running. And two, physically, it was extremely like it was a pain. Right. Just to have to do it. So so getting this installed down there and we were able to have the regulator well outside of it. So you're not next to the equipment. You're out, you don't have to crouch down and hurt your neck. It was, those guys were so excited about it when we had it installed and showed it to them. It's been running since Monday. It's doing great, but it's those type of applications where this is a, a huge improvement for people. Absolutely. Well, that's, you know, I love a plant tour. It's one of my favorite things. Never been in a paper plant, but I've heard these stories and you just, we need that. We need that to not be an issue for our workers, right? They're already, you know, have to make sure the, the, the equipment is, or the product is going through the way it's supposed to. We need to be able to rely on these types of processes to be set. And well, good. Well, good, good, good. I love this. Um, I know that uh, your team was excited about it. There's several different case studies out there of this working. So um, definitely want people to talk to you about that. Uh, the other thing is what's it I find really exciting because I'm a media person uh, is that you've got this new room at the facility in Groveland. I was actually part of the launch. I got to cover the launch of, or I don't even call it a launch now, but the space and the redesign of the space. So this room that y'all have converted into a video and, and media room where you're doing interviews and things like that. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what to expect coming from you? 
Yeah, definitely. Just today, we did a big webinar on actually the AMPS product uh, in that room. So it's a full media studio with the green screen. Uh, almost like it feels like you're going on the set of like a news station when you go in there, which is pretty cool. But yeah, keep a lookout. We've got webinars for it's almost every other week for the rest of the month. Especially we'll definitely the connect the yeah. one on amps to this podcast as well. Perfect. Yeah, we did. Um, we did it twice. So we do one for our customers and one for our specialists. And that's kind of the style we're doing. We have another one coming up on mining. So rotating equipment and mining ceiling. And I believe we have another one on our dual pack packing products coming up. So All very impressive because I, I was just posting about a, a mining pump and the um, they put oil sands through it again this abrasive material but the size of the pump you, you you really can't comprehend it without seeing some of these equipment of that there's a seal in there there's packing in there you know yeah. that has to be that large <laughs> in order for it to work so it's very impressive the dual pack uh such an engineering feat and of just amazingness and so you know if i can just ask you what, what is something as far as advice that you would give to somebody coming into our industry? I would say, uh, keep learning and, you know, don't pigeonhole yourself into a certain role. You know, for me, it was like, when I went into engineering, I was thinking I would be design, but then as soon as I realized that manufacturing is there, I got into manufacturing and then from manufacturing, it was more process improvement. And then product management. I was like, well, I'm kind of an engineer. Why should I do product management? But now that I'm in that, it's like you keep learning, you keep growing. And if you have an opportunity to do something where you can learn something new, even if maybe you feel it's a little outside your comfort zone, um, I encourage, I encourage people to, to really try it, take that. Maybe it's a risk, but you know, if you have to, you can always fall back on what you know, or, but it's important to keep growing by continual learning and challenging yourself. I love it. I love it. Okay. A little rapid fire. Uh, my favorite part of that thing. Uh, so <laughs> tell me what your favorite book is. Favorite book. All right. Uh, well, fiction book, I would say Red Rising by Pierce Brown. Okay. It's um, it's a good Just future. Longer. It's kind of a sci-fi book. Yeah. Okay. But it's, okay. it's a trilogy. I would definitely recommend it. Um, non Nonfiction. There's a book called How We Got to Now that I really loved. It's about six inventions that changed the world. Uh, it's by Stephen Johnson. And it goes and it talks about glass is one of them. Ice is one of them. And it's just these simple inventions that he goes through like this invention happened and this is how it changed everything. Um, it's a really interesting read and it's not too long. I like it. I like it. Okay. So last question, what is the best advice you've ever received? Best advice I've received. Well, I think it'll go back to freshman year in high school playing lacrosse. You know, you mentioned earlier how these experiences with mentors and coaches can really shape, uh, you know, have an impact on your life in the future. Well, this was actually a teammate of mine. Uh, we were in one of our first games on the freshman lacrosse team and I missed, you know, we were, it was, against our rival Glastonbury and Simsbury and I missed a shot near the end of the game and we ended up losing and I said with my friend Ethan I said you know if I had made that shot we would have won that game and he said that might be right but you got to move past it we got it we're past it 
And it, you know, it wasn't necessarily a piece of advice, but what I took from that was, you know, it's important to learn from your mistakes and the, the past is important. It affects your future, but at a certain point, you can't dwell on it. You got to move forward. Um, and that's the way to keep going. So my, my friend, Ethan, probably if he ever hears this podcast would be, uh, he might not even remember that, but you can it, send it to him. We'll, yeah. we'll send it to you, the link and you share it. Just yeah. want, want to make sure he knows he's famous now. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Well, honestly, uh, it's a pleasure. Every time I get to see you, Mark, uh, you're doing a great job there. Um, it's like several years, uh, you know what I want to say like seven, almost, if not yeah. at Chesterton. And I, I just, I can't wait to see what you do next because it, it really is remarkable what y'all as a company have been able to do over the last, I guess I've been working with y'all for over a decade now. So I'm, I'm aging myself, but it's been wonderful to watch. I hope you continue to grow. Um, amazing team to work with. So thank you for your time today. If anybody wants to connect with you directly, how do you want them to do that? Absolutely. And, and thank you for having me. Um, so I can be found definitely LinkedIn is a good way, but also my email is mark.connelly at chesterton.com. Perfect. All right, everyone. Thank you for being here. Please share, like, subscribe, do all that fun, fun stuff that helps us show up and share this amazing episode. I was touched. I know somebody else will be inspired. So until next time, be empowering. Yeah.